This is the Cherryleaf Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Cherryleaf Podcast. It's September 2021, the final quarter of 2021. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about startups, software startups, and how entries of documentation and onboarding might relate to them, how it might be different from other organisations. And this has been inspired or prompted by a call, a chat I had with Portia Burton, who has a technical writing company called Agency Cecil, and who is currently based in Puerto Rico. Her marketplace, the area that she deals with, is US companies, and specifically working with startup or incubator software companies. Companies that have had initial round funding from venture capitalists and looking to put the things in place that they need to build their business, build their software company. One of the interesting things that she said when we talked and we were chatting about various issues, partly around how we run our respective businesses, is that she offers or her company offers documentation deliverables rather than offering writers, writers per hour. The main thing that she has done or the main way that they orientate their businesses towards products, productizing technical writing deliverables. And they offer two deliverables. One is a documentation audit where companies have some documentation already, but it needs to be improved and they don't really know how to improve it. So they go in and they do an SEO and documentation discoverability audit, and they do a usability audit. If somebody were to follow the documentation, would they be able to do the thing that they want to do? And as a result of those audits, provide a report and actionable solutions that somebody can carry out. And that's a written report and also phone calls to help people deal with that particular problem. The other product that they offer, which I found even more interesting, was what they call the Documentation Starter Kit. And what they offer to do is to set up companies with an authoring platform. And as this is aimed principally at developer-orientated documentation, it tends to be platforms like Hugo or Docosaurus or GitHub. They provide a day's training in technical writing, and they also provide a writer style guide so that the company can write the content with in-house teams and have a standard approach that all of the people within the organization can follow. And also what they do is they install analytics so that the company can look at the effectiveness of the content that they write. How many people are looking at the content, what pages they're going to from one page to the next. And that got me prompting about whether the startup market, startup companies have a different set of requirements to more established companies. So what I did was I posed a question on social media platforms like Twitter and LinkedIn to see what others thought about this topic. And the question I posed was along this theme. It varied slightly depending on which platform I was using as to quite what I asked on the questions in as the question. That being, if a startup company came to you asking for a checklist of actions that they should take or consider when it comes to writing their first initial documentation, what would you tell them? 
So like we've done with other episodes where we've posed a question and got responses from others on social media, let me read out the responses that we got. So one was from Rhonda Bracey of Cybertext in Western Australia. She came up with a list of six actions. Number one, employ a technical writer. Number two, define the audience and what purpose the documents will serve. Number three, deliver the information in multiple ways, but from a single source. Number four, treat documentation and technical writing as integral parts of the product team. Number five, allocate time and give priority for technical writers to sit with the developers and for the developers to review any documentation drafts that the technical writers produce. And to remember that developers work in months and years and there should be a similar expectation for how much and how fast technical writers can work, that it's unrealistic to expect technical writers to do things in hours and days when you're giving months and years to your developers. And Francis Gordon of Simplified in South Africa and in the UK, she replied, I do this type of work. My grounding advice is simple. Please tell the truth and don't be seduced by the spin. The next thing is to clearly define your audience. Very often, startups don't know the difference between writing for investors and writing for their end market. Then, without getting caught up in KPIs and metrics overkill, define very simple goals for what you need to accomplish for two main audiences. That is, investors and the main customer segment. Then you get going and get a writer stroke cheerleader to steer from the side. And she writes, my experience is that prescriptive devices, checklists, for example, don't really work well for startups. The founder buys in, but then everyone else is too much of a maverick to follow them. I seldom think prescriptive tasks work but startups especially need to be highly creative in their approach and need to learn to apply their minds and see writing as yet another way to solve a problem rather than follow a best practice. And she also wrote, I work with UK companies wanting to go to Africa or African startups wanting to expand, so particularly maverick folk. Christina Meyer, who is an information architect and data specialist, and technical writer at heart, she said, consider user needs above all else. Embed learning and instruction in the product instead of relying on docs to solve the problem. User assistance and content should be part of every product discussion instead of an afterthought. Optimize all internal processes for end users or customers' ease of use and for your employees too. I realise this reads more of a manifesto than a checklist, and you may have been expecting things like you need a style guide or develop robust templates. But in reality, any documentation strategy will stem from how easy or how hard a product is to use. And if the startup focuses on the UX of the product or service, everything else falls in line. 
Internal documentation is another story. My advice is to hire a competent documentation manager and let them do their job. And Mike Yang said, for me, who is in the process of writing first docs, what kind of existing content do you have? Can you support software-based documentation flows? In other words, adopt a docs as code approach. Who is your target persona or personas? What's the main line happy case for your product? And what other documentation are you looking for? For example, UI text or support articles. And Chris Williams wrote, seconding everything that Mike Yang said, I'd only add, what is your current voice and tone for public facing content? And if you can match voice and tone for both content and docs at the outset, they should stay in tune for a long time afterwards. And that's a big help for content writers and technical writers. Oh, and readers like it too. And Alia Michaels responded, I'd go along with Mike's list, except I'd question two in a lot of cases. And for two was, can you support software-based documentation flows, docs as code? If a customer is looking for API docs, fine. But for other consumer facing startups, that may not work at all. I'd also add something about the value placed on documentation and the nature of review cycles. If the documentation is considered important, which may not be obvious in a startup, the technical writer may get more support and assistance from others. If documentation is considered a necessary but unwelcome add-on, then it's more challenging to get adequate documentation and have SMEs, subject matter experts, review the documentation for accuracy. So Mike replied, my reason for number 10, support a single source of truth with the code. Otherwise docs get out of sync with the product. And single source of truth goes beyond APIs. Alia then replied, single source of truth is fine, but does it really need software-based documentation flows, which implies certain types of tools? Instead of a commitment, perhaps by the various team members in the company, such as a documentation team, development team, sales and marketing, and so on. I think that single source of truth can be done in many circumstances. And for a startup, depending on the product, those tools may differ considerably from a more established company. And then Mike replied, as far as I'm aware, there are two ways to implement a single source of truth, manual and automated. I believe unless there's automation, docs and code will get out of sync. Jay Malin responded, hire a technical writer. And Portia Burton, who I mentioned at the start of this episode, replied, I agree with Mike Yang, it's important for all parties to clearly identify what purpose is the documentation serving and who is the audience. Tony Chung, who is a creative technologist, wrote, for goodness sake, tell your prospective writers what the product or service does and its unique place in the marketplace. Without resorting to marketing terms like single pane of glass or ubiquitous cloud hosted microservices. If the writers cannot understand the details, how would you expect them to write documents to train other people? And Marianne Crowder, 
is a freelance technical writer, replied, embed your writers in the development team and have them involved in the process from understanding user needs onwards. They can help shape your product for user needs, ensure things are named and labeled intuitively and provide embedded point of need help. And that will reduce the need for docs. It also means they gain a deep understanding of your product and users so that the docs that are needed are accurate and on point. And I would disagree with Francis in terms of the importance of checklists. And in fact, what we did as a result of these calls and the post on social media was to put together a checklist which is available on our site and we'll put a link to how you can get it in the show notes for this episode. What we did was we created a checklist that was aimed at startups and was focused on the onboarding content that they might want to create. So not content in the more general sense, but specifically on the important aspects that are needed for getting users to start to use that product. So what this checklist does is it walks you through eight areas for assisting users. And the idea is that you can use it to troubleshoot and examine those eight areas so that you get the successful product launch that you want. So you go through the checklist, you answer yes or no to the different questions, and then you follow the prompt associated with your answer. So you can get clarity on where your content might need to be adjusted for it to be as successful as you hope it will be. And as I mentioned, if you'd like a copy of that, I'll provide a link to that in the show notes. And this is related to the onboarding course that we're currently developing. Just an update on that. All the videos are recorded. They're uploaded to the training platform. The final steps are to write the suggested answers to the questions that go with the different modules and then to write an introductory page telling you what that onboarding course is and who it's for and what benefits it'll provide. And I hope soon that we'll be able to talk about that in more detail. But at the moment, it's been a busy time for us with project work. As it happens at the moment, a number of the projects that we're working on are for software startup companies. So that's it for this episode of the Charity Podcast. Thank you for listening. We always love you to give feedback by email, info at charityleaf.com, and to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That's great in helping others discover this. It improves our ranking in the algorithms that Apple provides, which leads to Apple suggesting our podcast to other people. So once again, thank you for listening.